This is Crow Inquisitors, and we are here with another behind-the-scenes look at our game. Today, we're not going to be talking about any particular character, but I wanted to touch on a uh, kind of a GM GMing concept in Burning Wheel. And the the latter half of these um, behind-the-scenes looks are going to be those sorts of things. So we're gonna we're gonna touch on various like GMing kind of behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, and one of the things I wanted to talk about is character change in Burning Wheel. So the Burning Wheel, as you maybe have noticed by now, if you're paying attention to the way that rules work, is made to be a very long-term game, right? So the way that advancement happens, the way that Artha is gained, um, as we just discussed in a previous episode, uh, in one of the rules explanations, we have the um, the Artha feats, right? We have Aristeas and Epiphanies, and those obviously take a long time to gain. Um, right, the Burning Wheel is made to be played long term, and it's it's been fun to play Chrome Quizzers for three seasons now, and hopefully, you know, we'll be doing uh, a fourth season coming up here soon. Um, but so character change in Burning Wheel, um, because it is such a long form game, is something that's really important. Um, and and there are a few reasons why it's important. I, I bring up the long term nature of the game first because advancement and artha and all of that stuff right that obviously has a a lot to do with um that kind of long-term character change seeing a character grow and gain strength and power is obviously something that is important to any role-playing game um there are some role-playing games that are less involved in actual like power and advancement in terms of like your character getting stronger burning wheel isn't one of those burning wheel has a lot of room to grow for character advancement uh, the, the interesting thing about Crow Inquisitors, though, is that we started off each of the characters at five life paths. Because of the particular kind of setting and uh, starting kind of like scenario we had, the, the um, inciting incident uh, in, in the general campaign concept, we, we wanted to give the characters a little bit more oomph from the beginning. Uh, I think probably what ended up happening first is David was making his character and we realized he needed five life paths to like accomplish the character concept he wanted and so i was like you know what i like the character concept you're going with i'm interested in seeing that as like a main focal point of the campaign so let's let's go ahead and do five life paths for everybody now normally in the in the in the burning wheel uh four life paths is the average it's kind of like the the standard uh and i've played a few campaigns um with uh the burning wheel with with three life paths and and honestly three life paths can be a lot of fun because uh characters are still very much finding themselves right so if you start with three life paths uh you have skills uh and stuff right obviously um you have things you can work with but you really start from position of um kind of fresh beginnings right you start with a lot of room to grow uh because of the way uh gaining new skills works the lower the skill you have the faster it will you know increase and so starting off with a bunch of low skills or a bunch of um you know, open slots for skills means that a lot of new skills are learned. Um, with uh, Chrome Inquisitors, for example, we have five life paths, right? The characters are pretty set in their ways. Uh, most of what we saw was maybe one or two skills that people were learning because they realized they needed to have it for their character concept and kind of had to quickly learn it. Uh, so like um, Dellen, for example, learned observation pretty quickly because he was doing a lot of, and honestly, I mean, we think we talked about this already, but he was using observation tests for stuff that he probably shouldn't have been using it for. 
But still, I mean, as as the campaign stands right now, he has the observation skill and he didn't have it before. And that's obviously an interesting thing about Dellen's character now, uh, you know, later in the game uh, than it was at the beginning. It was a, a character change that it, that it was induced there. Uh, but mostly what we're seeing with Crow Inquisitors in terms of like power advancement is we're seeing um, slow builds on their really powerful stuff, right? So if you start with a six in a skill, which is the max you in th- you know normally start with uh, with a skill in Burning Will, uh, it takes a while to bump that up. Um, and I believe we... Ha- yeah, either we have seen that. I feel like Alphonse already leveled his up to seven at this point of the campaign his persuasion uh but he, if he hasn't he's about to he's it's gonna happen pretty quickly here because he's been obviously rolling so many of them um and the way jared works of course he, he min maxes uh his tests so that you can get the right ones uh so he can actually advance things but yeah i mean a lot of what we're seeing is just people slowly building up tests the tests that they need to advance their powerful skills uh even even beyond into ridiculous levels right so having a seven eight nine or ten in a skill is, you know, kind of insane. Uh, you know, that's it's ridiculous skill levels for a normal human being. Uh, that's what we're seeing a lot of. Um, and obviously we see uh, character change uh, in that realm. But one of the other things that's important about specifically the burning wheel, right? And this is, I think, the main reason I wanted to bring it up, bring up character change as a thing that's important to the burning wheel is because the game itself is so focused on characters as the main focal point of the game right so in in the sense that uh you know the the things that we that i push on as the gm the things the way that they interact with the the game via the arthur Arthur mechanics we have beliefs instincts and traits right we have things that our characters believes believe uh things that our characters do instinctively and things that our characters are and those things are the things that change right that's why we have trait votes. Uh, I guess uh, affiliations and reputations also kind of count uh, in this when we're looking at this stuff, right? Um, we see characters change using those mechanics. And because Bernie Wheel's reward system, like the Arthas system, the currency system of the game, uh, is so focused on the bits, right? The beliefs, instincts, and traits. Those are the things that change a lot. And, and the reason that they do is because Bernie Wheel pushes you because of the by, by virtue of the bits being so important to discover for yourself what your character really cares about right so so we have a character like um cantarius for example um cantarius starts off the game with uh beliefs about his staff right uh a belief about like um the the mission and i think he had a, a belief about jared jared's character alphonse starting off right away where he was like his morality was like you know, jared is someone needs to be punished um and so those are things that Connor was interested in pushing on as a character, um, right? He has the trait blind starting off. He has um, instincts about trying to take the lead in a confrontation. But what we found really quickly with Cantarius, like just to, again, as an example, is that Connor found what he was interested in and not interested in and changed his character based on those interests and based on the way that I was pushing on them as um, a GM. Uh, and changed his character kind of rather drastically in some ways. And a lot of characters changed rather drastically um, in this way. So, so you know, obviously, Cantarius, if we're continuing with that example, he was like, I want to be uh, the leader in a confrontation, right? If the confrontation happens, I take the lead. He never did it, right? In the first few sessions, he had opportunities to do, us, to do so, and he didn't. 
I think there was maybe one time he did, but it was rather minor. And then he just kind of moved on from it. But what Connor realized is that his character in maybe, and I think we talked about that a little bit on, on his uh, behind the scenes episode, but uh, I think he found given the party dynamic and maybe what he was interested in as a player, his character wasn't going to take the lead and take more of a support role. Uh, and that's the sort of stuff that's really important to Bernie Will, right? Bernie Will is about character change. It's about the sort of nitty gritty realizations that you have as a player and, you know, just playing as the character of what matters to the person, to that, that character and what, what depths they will sink to or heights they will rise to in order to accomplish the things they believe in, right? So, if we think about Theo, for example, Theo has, uh, at the beginning of the game, beliefs about uh, doing whatever Narani wants him to do, right? I will kill anyone for the goddess. And I, of course, looking at that belief as a GM, uh, for specifically for the burning wheel, right? My job is to push on those things, right? My, my job is to um, challenge them, right? To, 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 the player is telling me something about uh, their beliefs, right? They're saying, I care about this thing in the game. Uh, and I want my character to interact with this thing, right? This is something that my character cares about. And so I want to be able to accomplish this thing. This is something I believe on. But my, my job as the GM is to take that and then say, okay, do you really believe this? And to challenge them with it, right? Not only put obstacles in their way to overcome in doing those things, right? Uh, like a normal thing, like, um, you know, Dellen has uh, a belief about um, trying to. Uh, I'm trying to think of an example. I, I'm not trying to point to anything specific here, but let's, I guess just say for the for the sake of of, of argument, right? Someone has a a, a belief about, um, uh, well, okay, let's do this. Dylan, Dylan's belief about uh, trying to find out more about the heretics, right? Trying to find the heretics in, in his little bonus episode. So we have that sort of situation. So obviously, as a GM, that whole session, I was putting obstacles in his way to finding out that those pieces of information to to getting to where he needed to go uh, in his investigation. And, th and most of the time, I just did the normal stuff, right? I was just like, well, there's a swords lady who's going to attack you. There is a, a, a drunk who is being is obfuscating uh there's these red herrings right those are just obstacles i can throw in his way normally but one of the things that i love to do in the bernie wheel and one of the things that is the most rewarding to do in the bernie wheel artha cycle right the the kind of give and take between beliefs instincts traits and artha is for me to say okay this is something that you say your character believes in right so we have theo uh, he's, you know, he says, I will kill anyone for the goddess because I want my wife back. Right. That's, that's his belief there. He will do whatever Narani asks him to do. And so I, I think to myself as a GM, okay, I need to give Narani people that he like Narani will tell him to kill people that I know that Adam as a player would be opposed to. Right. And I assume then as Theo that he'll also be opposed to it, but that's not always the case, right? So this is us kind of like feeling out together as we're kind of just constructing this narrative. Um, not it's not, and it's not even that I'm like trying to push on what Theo was, uh, what uh, Adam as a player is comfortable with. That's not so much what I'm doing as I'm trying to feel out for Adam playing Theo. How far will he go with Theo? When he thinks about Theo, does he think? 
cold-blooded murderer will do anything to get my wife back, even if it involves killing the abbess, for example, or this child who is sick, right? And I had reasons, I came up with reasons for why Narani would ask him these things. But me as a GM, I'm thinking through it and I'm saying, what are people that I could tell you know, with his belief that he has, that I could tell Narani to have him kill, that I know Adam would have to think twice about, right? Where he wouldn't just immediately do it, even though he has instincts and beliefs that are pointing him in that direction. Adam has control over Theo as a character. And so it's my job as a GM to not only put obstacles in his path to, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, succeeding out of belief, but also to give him challenges, to, to give him second thoughts, maybe, to push on that belief and say how far will you really take this belief how much do you believe this and those are the some of the most interesting moments because we see a character change right stories aren't interesting unless we see for the for the most part right there are there are definitely examples of stories where characters don't change and it's fun and whatever but for the for the most part and specifically for burning wheel right burning wheel as a game is fundamentally built to pivot on characters changing, right? That's what all of the rules in the game are there to do is to show us characters that change by virtue of uh, setting up this Arthur cycle, setting up the reward system of the game to push a character, to push a player playing a character to decide for themselves what their character actually believes and how far they're willing to go to actually accomplish their goals. And, and in the process of that, there will be pushes and shoves where I push a little bit too hard for the character's comfort comfort right and the player decides you know what i don't think my character would actually believe this right and that's what theo did right as we've seen in the game so far theo did a 180 he said you know what if i am faced with killing this woman who looks like my wife and reminds me of how much i loved my wife or or to kill this child who reminds me of the child i could have had as a father I, Theo wouldn't do that, right? Theo, that's as far as his belief goes. He'll kill scoundrels and, and you know, men who maybe have sordid pasts. He'll, he'll do those sorts of things for sure for the goddess. That doesn't ma matter to him. And maybe he doesn't ask too many questions about the guys he's killing. But when he's faced with difficulties, when he's faced with a, a choice that obviously um, comes up against other parts of his character, Will he go as far as his beliefs are saying he will go or will he back down? And that's another great thing about um, Bernie Wheel is often I as a GM will be able to find chinks in the armor in, in, in this way, like, you know, contradicting beliefs, instincts and traits. Right. So we have um, uh, a character who has a belief about doing this certain thing and then they have an instinct that in a particular situation, maybe I, I can construct a situation where I'm like, well, okay, I'm not going to make a situation where this belief would be triggered, but also this instinct is triggered and they're opposing each other, right? Which one is going to win out? Is, uh, is, is Connor, is Cantarius's, um, when I, when there's a confrontation, I take the lead going to win out or is his belief, um, about morality gotta win out right is his is, is his his like self-righteous belief that like he he was spared for a reason and he needs to administer his own justice 
Um, how far, and maybe that's not a good example, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, but I, I can't think of an example off the top of my head as to like one of these, uh, that is directly kind of contradicted, but, but really honestly, this sort of stuff comes up in particular situations, right? Um, and I guess for a lot of the stuff that's happened in Chrome Inquisitor so far, uh, what I've been doing as a GM is I have been, I think pushing on, I've been pushing on beliefs and instincts and traits, right? I've been pushing on a lot of those things and giving, giving things, um, oh, oh, here, here's what it is. You know, for, for example, Cantarius having the instinct, never harm a child. And I put the child in the way of his belief about doing the mission, right? He has, he has, he's, He's here to do a mission for the Chrome Inquisitors, right? He is a Chrome Inquisitor. He has a job to do. And then I say, but wait, there's a child in your way, right? This child is looking up at you and saying, what are you doing to my dad? How is Kentarius going to react? Is he going to do the mission? Is he going to do what he's been told to do? Or is he going to let his instinct override that belief? And then we see an interesting character development. Then we realize that can, what Kentarius really cares about is not harming a child. And that's an interesting character development that we could, maybe we, we assumed, we could have assumed before, right? But until we actually get to that, before we actually see those conflicting emotions on Cantarius's face, as Connor describes him to us, we won't know for sure. And that's the beauty of a game like Burning Wheel. We are learning together what the characters will do and what they care about. Um, and sometimes this will be a purely player thing, um, right? Like, um, for example, I, I think we talked about this recently on episode of Idle Inspiration where I talked about the, the game Fate, um, Fate Core and uh, Fate Accelerated from Evil Hat Productions. When we, the, when we first did a game of Fate Core, um, one of the things you, you have aspects in that game and basically it's just like a, a phrase that describes something about your character. Um, and what I can do as a GM in that game is I can compel a character to do a certain thing by offering them a reward. Um, and they can refuse the compel based on their aspects, but they have to, you know, give me a point. Um, give me some, uh, like, you know, they're, they're punished for it. Not necessarily punished, but they're, there's a cost to it. And so Connor's character, when we first did this, this fake game a while ago, um, we, uh, he had a, an, uh, he, he started off with an aspect, lusts after women, right? He's like, man, my character is going to have a problem with that. And then I pushed on it and I said, okay, I think you're, you should, you know, go uh, act in a certain way towards this gal. Um, and Connor realized very quickly, he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Actually, I, as a player, I don't want to do that. And I don't want my character to do that. Uh, and he changed the aspect. Same sort of thing happens in the burning wheel, right? It, a character who has, like, for example, Connor never, uh, when there's a confrontation, I take the lead. He realized, you know what? That's just not something I'm interested in. And obviously it had to do somewhat with the player dynamic as we discussed earlier. Earlier, But in a lot of ways, characters will just discover that they don't, they aren't this way. And maybe they thought they were. And I think uh, we talked about this with David um, when we talked about Delon, right? Delon is this way in the season for sure, right? At the begin very beginning of the game, the first like three sessions, Delon is really hardcore like i am gonna kill anyone who gets in my way and if in alphonse i'm gonna cut out your tongue like if you say another word like he is just really aggressive and antagonistic towards pretty much the whole party and pretty early on david as a player decided you know what i'm just not interested in that and so there will be a little awkwardness in, in, in a role-playing game like this 
where player decides that they aren't as interested in the character concept they thought they were, and then they'll make a change. Um, I can remember, uh, you know, something as simple as a character voice can can be like this in, in any role-playing game. I remember in our uh, D&D campaign, Ternalius, um, my player Jordan, he had a, a character voice starting off with uh, this character, and, and he was like bar- a dwarf barbarian, and he decided to have like a really just obviously, you know, stereotypically like, I'm a dumb brute voice. Um, and that definitely flavored the way Darius was to us. Uh, but really early on, Jordan decided, you know what? I'm going to take a little bit of a step back from that and and present a different side of a non-intelligent barbarian like dwarf that is maybe a little bit more nuanced than that. And obviously, when we listen back through those early sessions, it, it's there, right? The voice of Darius the Dumb Brute is there. It, we can't erase it. But that's not really who the character is. And we had to play a little bit to decide that, to figure that out. That's the sort of stuff that the burning wheel does really well, because in a game like D&D, for example, those sorts of things kind of happen without the mechanics ever being involved, right? But the burning wheel forces the mechanics to be an integral part of character change, right? Character change really happens in the burning wheel because you pushed on the mechanics and you didn't like what they pushed back on you, right? You look at a belief and you say, well, do I, I don't want to go after this. And so I have to change the belief because I still want fate points, right? I still want to accomplish this and get a persona point. Um, And so those are the moments that Burning Wheel does really well. Not only because we have this long form format, right? Where a character is going to go through lots of cycles of change and and who they are at the beginning of a campaign is going to be drastically different. Uh, from who they are at the end of the campaign. And that is something that we kind of feel out and explore for ourselves. But we do it in such a way that directly hits the mechanics, which makes it not only much more directly engaging and directly uh, forces us to do those things when maybe in another game, we wouldn't be so actively uh, digging into our characters' heads. But a game like The Burning Wheel excels when that is the focal point because it's a game about characters and because when the characters push back on you and you push on them and you kind of mold and feel it out like clay it ends up being a much more satisfying role-playing game experience than a game that the mechanics don't hit those sorts of things right you'll definitely have your character change but i mean to be honest the most important character changes for a DD character are did i get a new feat right do i have a different a new attack bonus did i get a new skill um and even that that's rare for most of the part you for the most time for most of the time you're just going through a natural progression path with the same thing you started off at level one right uh and obviously there's nuance to that but the burning wheel puts the direct character changes about like their personality and the way they interact with the world in a very like emotional and relational sense, it puts those on the forefront where, where that sort of thing, if it happened in a D&D game, would be incidental to the mechanics. The, these sorts of things are essential to the mechanics of the Burning Wheel, which is why I think it's probably the best role-playing game I've ever played. Because it, it doesn't... A good game in my opinion, and obviously this is just my opinion, a good role-playing game is one where the mechanics of the game itself make the narrative happen, right? A game of D&D, for example, that's just an, as an antithesis of this, a game of D&D 
you can do an entire game of D&D and the entire thing is just about killing monsters and the narrative, you know, the, the, the story that the game or the story that the game that the campaign has right for us as players we're playing a game and we're like well there's this quest and there's there's a uh, god trying to destroy the world and we're we have to stop him and my character is a hero and all of that stuff the mechanics never touch it right you can be the same character uh as a 20th level fighter who has done nothing but bash orcs heads in and he hasn't changed one bit his character has has never changed and you get to the end of the campaign and there you go. And, and, and it's the same character, right? Mechanically as a character who is a 20th level fighter and has had betrayals and romances and quests. All of that stuff is just a thing that the players and the GM, the DM in that game throw onto the game as kind of like clothes, right? But that's not the burning wheel. And I think D&D as a system suffers from it because any story that happens is sort of incidental to the rules. But a game like the burning wheel, it, it, it punches you in the face with the fact that if you want a story to happen, you have to play the game. You can't just talk, right? You can't just sit there and have a conversation in character and then at the end of it be like, well, cool, I, I guess our characters just uh, decided something about you know we we just can't do an agreement no 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 you make a role right we're we're engaging with the mechanics of the game i can't reward you as a gm with a belief unless you made a role towards it right unless you work towards it and so those sorts of pivotal character moments about a character changing becoming someone else having betrayals romances all of that directly hits the mechanics of the game which means when you're playing the game you're playing the game and 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 not only does is the 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 story not incidental to it, but the mechanics actually drive the story onward in a way that D and D or another role playing game that's that takes the kind of like uh, story is different from mechanics approach. They can't do this right. A, a game of D and D can't have a moment where uh, a character's beliefs and instincts conflict with each other in this horrifying moment of realization where a character understands that the two pieces of themselves are now warring with themselves and they have to make a decision and whatever decision they make well it may just give them a persona point or a deeds point or maybe no worth at all and that's a direct hitting on the mechanics of the game in a game of DD, you can do a whole thing of betrayal romance and at the end of the that whole story arc Nothing mechanically has changed. And you kind of had to come up with all, all of it on your own. Burning Wheel gives you those things, right? Burning Wheel gives you story by virtue of looking at your character sheet and realizing there's stuff there to be explored. And when you come across things in the game, if I'm doing my job as a GM, right, I'm challenging your beliefs. I'm trying to give you things to care about or things to maybe you realize you don't care about because of how I'm pushing on them. Uh, and those sorts of things are giving us story, right? They're they're directly driving the story in a way that's almost independent of us because we are the game itself is thrusting us forward, and that's the sort of game that I think is best, where we're playing a game and the game is the story and the story is the game. The mechanics are incidental to what we're doing. We're not just improving. 
with maybe a role here or two if we just can't figure out what happens next, right? That's not what we're doing. The the entire the rail the, not the railroad but the 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 bones on which this the the frame on which this uh, book is bound, right? This story is bound. It is a fundamentally mechanical thing, right? It's a substantive thing. It's there. You push on it. It pushes back. And that is what I love about the burning wheel and uh, the way it deals with character change. And we're going to see a lot more of that as we continue with with Crow Inquisitors. You're going to see a lot of character change. You're going to see a lot of growth. You're going to see a lot of regression. And uh, I hope that you enjoy coming along with us for the ride. And uh, I think that's about it for me. Thanks for listening to to me ramble about role-playing games on this edition of the little behind-the-scenes stuff. This has been a kind of a, a, a deep dive into Burning Wheel and character change. We'll be back soon with another episode, full episode of Crow Inquisitors. Thanks for listening.